0: I want to go back and, and tell you something that we told you week one of the series. And that is, in order for relationships to work, we've got to let the one who defined them or designed them define them. Come okay, and say it again. In order for relationships, any kind of relationship to work, you've got to let the one, who's that? God. You've got to let the one who designed that relationship define that relationship. That is the best way that it will work. If you try to do it any other way, it's going to get out of whack, right? Going to have some problems. So today we're going to talk about relationships, but specifically about forgiveness. All right. You can either go ahead and say Amen or O oh me, because this yeah, it's, forgiveness is one of those topics that we all need. We we all need to rehash. We need to go through every once in a while. And if 2020 did anything for us, um, 2020 caused a lot of disagreements. 2020 caused a lot of backbiting, a lot of, a lot of bickering, a lot of politics, a lot of polarization, a lot of he said, she said, us versus them. Come on. Hey, y'all help me preach today, and it'll, it's going to be good. But that's what happened in 2020, and I've, I've really never seen our society more at odds with one another than, than we have been over the last year or so. And so what happens is people say things, people hurt us, and we take offense to that, and... And it's frustrating, and, and we, we carry that offense with us. And Jeremiah said it this way. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 says, The Lord says, stand at the crossroads. Okay, let me say it this way. We are at a crossroads in our society today. You're at a crossroads in your relationships. And, and God says, stand at the crossroads and ask for the ancient paths. What does that mean? Ask for the way Mamaw and Papaw used to do it. Hey, how did y'all do things? How come y'all didn't have all the issues that we have today, Mamaw and papa? Like, what, what, what's different about the way you did things? And they'd probably say, well, you need to go to the good book. You need to find the good way. Because listen, there's only one who is good, and that is God. And so that means there's only one, one good way, and that's God's way. And so we're going to look for the good way and walk in the good way. And when you do, you're going to find rest for your souls. Sign me up, I'd like some rest. Need some rest for my soul. So, if you're taking notes today, uh, pull, pull out, if, if you, when you came in, you received that worship guide, and you heard Pastor Jason talk about the connection card, and we'd love for you to fill that out, but there's also message notes in there that you can follow along with us on the screens or in your notes. And, and I, want you, I want you to get this. You have a choice. That, am I going to base my life on what God thinks or what? What I think? Am I going to live my life based on what I think, or what God thinks? Because you know what I think, you know, well, I, I'm right, guys. I'm right. Oh, but God is really the one who's right. God's the one who really knows what's up. So, am I going to live my life based on my opinion and what I think, or what God thinks? Now, sometimes people ask me. They say, Pastor Ben, what do you think about? The gender equality stuff. What do you think about the marriage issues that the government's trying to pass? What do you think about abortion? What do you think about all these things? And I'm learning more and more, really? You don't want to know what I think. Because my opinion doesn't matter. Can I just say it again? My opinion doesn't matter. Really what we need to do is go to the word of God and see what God thinks about these things. We need to see what he has to say about these issues, not just what, I believe or what you believe or what we think in fact Proverbs 14 12 says there's a way that looks right there's a way you think it's right and a lot of us today we're like no, nope, this is the way it's supposed to be dadgummit I'm right you're wrong but it, it leads to death there's a way that looks right but it leads to death, and it also burns a lot of bridges in the process, and it pushes people further away from God in the process. Come on, when we're just so belligerent, hey, if we want to reach the world, we can't be as belligerent as they are. That wasn't in the notes, but I thought it was. I thought it's a good place to say Amen. I just, uh, if you want to, if we want to reach people, we can't be belligerent. We can't be hateful. Hey, there's a way that looks right, but it leads to death. Now, uh, this is not talking about physical death. It's talking about spiritual death, emotional death, mental death. It's talking about death in your marriage, death in relationships. When you do what you think is right and you leave God out of the picture. Jesus said it this way in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. What does he come to do? Bring death. But... Jesus says, "I came that you could have life, and everybody say this: have it to the full. Like, come on, have abundant life, have life to the max, life to the full. Right here, that's what he wants for us. So, a lot of us have we we've convinced ourselves that the ways of God restrict us. I'm not going to live. I don't really. I'm not going to do what God says because it's just restricting. It keeps me from." Really, he just is a cosmic killjoy. He doesn't want me to have any fun. He, doesn't, he, just, he wants to restrict my life. But really, what he does is, is he says, if you'll do these things, I'll bless your life. I'll take care of you. I will bless your life. And that's what he wants for us is to bless us. But unfortunately, uh, we have to deal with difficult people, don't we? <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all know any difficult people? Are you sitting by a difficult person this morning? Uh, Yeah, we all know some difficult people. Um, If we can just get real for a second, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the friend who lied about you or the friend who offended you. I'm talking about somebody who was close to you that turned their back on you. It was a close friend that gossiped about you. Maybe it was a spouse that cheated on you and had an affair and you're harboring unforgiveness. Maybe it was a pastor or a church. Hey, did you know church hurt is real? Spiritual abuse is real. Maybe, maybe it was that. Maybe, maybe it was a coworker who lied about you. All right. There's a lot of reasons we could be divided, a lot of reasons why we could why we could split hairs. There's a lot of reasons why we could pick sides. And our culture is picking sides right now. And so we as a church. Can, I, I just I want to be bold here, and I want to say that as Christians, we don't have the luxury of picking sides, because God so loved the world. He lo- Do you know what the world means? It means everybody. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loves the world, and the world means everyone, and everyone means even your friend that hurt you, even the person that stabbed you in the back, even the person who let you down. God loves them, and guess what? God loves them, so as his church, we love them. We value every person. Now, can I just, I wanna say, that doesn't mean you can't have values and opinions, but what it does mean is that you should never put your opinion above the person. I'm preaching, man. I'm preaching <gasps> up in here today. I know at home y'all are probably just running around your house right now, just like, man, that's so good. Pastor, way to go! Right, <laughs> preach. No, I know, I know. So what I've learned is over over the time is it gets quiet in the room. That usually just means he's talking to me. He, he, he's talking to me. But if you, if you respond, nobody will ever know that I'm talking to you. If you'd be like, that's right, Pastor, they'll never <laughs> guess that it's you. Uh, I, I kid, I kid. So, uh, can I say it? Let me say it this way. Um, your, you should never value your opinion more than you value the person. Why? Because God values the person way more than he values your opinion. Like he he valued them so much he sent his son to die on the cross for them yes. too. Not just not just you, not just me, but for all of us. So I, I wanna I'm just I'm gonna step on some toes right here and then we're gonna move on to the next part, okay? That if you think you have the luxury to hold something in your heart against someone else, a political party, a movement, a campaign, a, a group of people, a church or a pastor if you think you have the luxury in your heart to have something, something in your heart against your mama or your daddy or your greasy, greasy granny, come on. <laughs> what you would need to know, what you need to know is, is this, uh, that your relationship with God is inseparable to the relationships that God has put in your life. I'll say it a different way. Your relationship with God cannot be separated from the people that he has put in your life. How do you know, Pastor Ben? Well, because Jesus said it this way. He says, in, in John, I'm giving you a new command. And that is, uh, you, you're allowed to hate everybody you want to these days. Just, it, it, no, That's I'm sorry, that was the wrong version. Uh, he says, I give you a new command. You can harbor as much unforgiveness in your life and it's not gonna hurt you. No, he says, a new command is, Love one another. But Pastor Ben, they, they hurt me. They lied about me. Love one another. This shows up three times here. Love one another. Well, how do you want me to love people, Jesus? The way that I loved you. But, but that means, like, you, you forgave me of everything. Okay, so that, and that's how I want you to, for, to love. I mean, but, but God, you, you like, you don't hold my sins against me. I know, and that's how I want you to love, is the way that I love you. But why, Jesus? Why should we love the way that you love us? Because when you do that, everybody will know there's something different about these people. They must be real Christians, come on. They're they're, they're disciples. They love one another, okay? So let let me show you how Jesus ties in our love for him and our love for one another. It's in, uh, it, it's in the next passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 22. The Pharisees and the religious people, they come at Jesus and they say, Hey Jesus, uh, we, we know, you're, you know you're a great teacher. Um, out of all of the law, hundreds of commandments in the Old Testament, uh, what is the greatest commandment? Which one's the single most important commandment? And Jesus says, well, that would be love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the greatest commandment. And they all go, man, that, thank you, Jesus. That's right. And he goes, well, hold There's actually a second one. There's a second one. Like, like, love God, that's great. But the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. To which the Pharisees did not like that because they didn't love people very well. They didn't, man, they, they were all about burdening the people. Hey, y'all carry the burdens while we're up here just you know, counting, counting your offering, whatever the case was. Like we, And Jesus says, no, no, no. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And all of the law, all of the prophets, in other words, everything in the Old Testament of your Bible, that's the law and the prophets, every bit of that hangs on these two commands, that you love God, and you love people. So if you, think you, if you think you love God, but you have something in your heart against somebody else, you don't love God like you thought you loved God. You, you may love God, but you, there's, you can't have that in your heart. The scripture says you gotta love God, love people. And, and if you think you love people, but you don't have a real life-giving relationship with God, come on, it's both. Both and. Your relationship with God is tied to your relationship with the people around you. Is that good? Are you getting something out of that? So, so I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the toxic culture. I'm tired of the toxicity. I'm tired of the pointing fingers and the blaming and the, and the games and the name calling. I'm tired of all of that across. Not just I'm, I'm talking about uh, in our society, but I'm also talking about in our lives. I'm so thankful that that junk just doesn't happen at City Hope. It really doesn't. I'm so grateful for that. Come on, thank you, Jesus, for that. We're a church built on unity, and we just don't—we're not even going to give time a day for 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 things that would separate people. Come on, people are more important than problems. So, I, but I I do know this: like I'm I'm ready to see all that stuff come to an end in our society. But you know, I feel like there are some people in life that they're that they're goal in life their sole mission in life is to ruin your life come on you you ever felt like that that they went to growth track and they discovered that their purpose in life (laughs) is to ruin your life and you're like come on man there's a lot of churches you could go to and ruin other people's lives but you no not again (laughs) thankfully that doesn't happen here you, you could go be on somebody else's baseball team you know you could, you could go, are you following me? You know where they're at. You know where they're at. So uh, I love, I love what Jesus says. He just, he plainly says, hey, don't fool yourself. You're going to be offended. There's going to be somebody who betrays you. You will probably... Have someone who hates you, and there may be a season in your life where you hate somebody else. And it's not okay, I'm not giving you permission for that. He said, I don't want you to live this way, but it's going to happen. in Luke, he says it this way, it's impossible that no offenses should come. I, I know this probably isn't what you came for today, like, hey, thanks for the encouragement, Pastor. <laughs> Appreciate you. You're doing a really good job of lifting us up way to go it's impossible offenses are going to come they're going to happen so uh what what is unforgiveness well some people think that unforgiveness is like drinking a poison and expecting the other person to die they're just going to harbor this if 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 you choose to un to not forgive somebody it's like you're drinking a poison and you expect the other person to just fall over come on that's crazy like, unforgiveness is like you setting yourself on fire and expecting the other person to die of smoke inhalation. It just hurts you. That's all unforgiveness does. It hurts you. Kind of reminds me of Boudreaux. It's, it's been a while since I told a good Boudreaux joke. Y'all, y'all are going to get one today. Boudreaux, he, he thought that's what forgiveness was. You got to hold it against the other person. You got to make them pay, Right? So one day he walked into the barber shop, and, uh, and, and it was obvious he had something on under his, his shirt. And the barber said, hey, Boudreaux, what that is under your shirt, man? And he said, oh, that's dynamite. And he said, Boudreaux, why you got dynamite under your shirt? And he said, well, every day when I come in here, Thibodeau, he smacked me in the chest, and he broke every cigar, what I got in my pocket, so I'm going to blow his hand off. Yeah, y'all know that's funny right there. Y'all know it's funny. So uh, that's funny, but it's also how we deal with unforgiveness sometimes. I'll show him. I'll show him, and you just hold on to that unforgiveness. Listen, you're just punishing yourself. You think you're hurting the other person? Hey, they're they're living their best life now. They forgot all about it. And they're just living their life, and you're over here... Just meditating it on. You're ruminating about it. Day and night, you're just all you can think about. And so I want to show you what forgiveness is not. Five things in your notes real quick. Five things that forgiveness is not these things. Number one, forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. Because what happened to you is real. It hurt. It was not okay. It was not right. Are you with me? It hurt. I get it. It's, it's, it's not minimizing the offense, but what happens is sometimes we choose, man, I'm, I'm not going to forgive, because if I forgive, it means that I excuse their behavior. That's not what it means. Forgiveness is not minimizing what they did. Number two, forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. The truth is, you're probably never going to forget what happened, like It may fall back into the recesses of your mind, but every once in a while, it's going to be triggered. Maybe something pops up, and, and you're going to remember what happened to you. But real forgiveness is, is being able to remember what happened to you and still have the peace of Jesus Christ in your heart. Yes. That when you remember what happened, you don't want to make them pay for it again. That you remember when you remember what happened, you're not going to hold it against them anymore. Are you with me? That's number two, is it's not forgetting. Number three is is, is it's not reconciliation. Reconciliation is a two-player game. you got to have both people involved in order to reconcile. Forgiveness is a one-player game. It's one player. Jesus didn't say, if you can convince the other person to to, to, meet you and to apologize to you, then you can forgive him. No, he said, this is what you do. This is forgiveness. So it's, it's a two-player, reconciliation is two-player. Forgiveness is one-player. So a lot of times we, we say, well, Pastor Ben, the day that they come crawling on their hands and knees back to me, begging for my forgiveness, that is the day that I will forgive them. And I will say, hey, don't count on it. Don't count on it. You will live your best life if you'll just go ahead and forgive them. Just go ahead and let them go. Let them go. Number four, the fourth thing is that forgiveness is not fair. It's not fair, well, Pastor Ben. It's just not fair. They hurt me. They they talked about me. They gossiped about me. They posted about on Facebook about me. They snapped their friends about me, and it's just it's not fair. My fifth grade teacher, Miss Job, said life isn't fair, Ben. Life isn't fair. Hey, it's not fair to let somebody off the hook. It's not fair to, to just let them go and not make them pay you back. It's not fair, but can I, I just want to, and this message is so good, y'all. <laughs> if I do say so myself, uh, I'm, you don't want fairness. The truth is, you don't want fairness, because what's fair is for you in me to go to hell. That is what's fair. What's fair is that God would make us pay for our sins. Because, I mean, after all, they are our sins. But what he did was he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for all of our sins. And he doesn't give fairness. He gives forgiveness. Come on, somebody. I want some forgiveness. I want some forgiveness. So, so I, don't, I want his mercy and grace. Instead of fairness, he gives grace. Grace is him him giving you things you don't deserve. And mercy is him not giving you some things you do deserve. I want forgiveness. Number five, forgiveness is not possible without the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own. I cannot do it on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. So God's going to ask you to do some things along the way. He's going to ask you to... Forgive somebody. He's going to ask you to step out in faith. And you're going to think to yourself, I I can't do this. I can't do this. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can do it. All right? So listen, forgiveness is not, forgiveness does not turn you into a doormat. Forgiveness makes you victorious. You're not a victim. You are victorious in Jesus Christ. Amen thank you God so if there's anybody who understands the principle of forgiveness it is Jesus Jesus knows what's up with forgiveness and, and he's been through everything you've been through and I want to show you five, five things that he can, five ways he can identify with your struggles All right. so in your notes write these down number one is betrayal like he, he, he was betrayed guys and you may feel betrayed. You may feel betrayed by someone close to you. Listen, it, Jesus was betrayed by his, one of his closest companions, Judas Iscariot. He was the treasurer of Jesus' ministry. And the Bible says he used to take money from the treasury to keep it for himself. So it would make sense then that Judas would sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Judas sold out one of his best friends, his leader, his mentor, his pastor, for for 30 30 pieces of silver. And chances are you have been sold out by somebody. You've You've been talked about. You've been betrayed. They broke a trust. And guess what? Trust is earned in drops, lost in buckets. They broke your trust. And it hurt. The second way that Jesus can identify with you is false accusation. The Bible says that they, um, they arrested him in the garden and then they immediately started putting him on trial, which was illegal. It wasn't the custom of their time. They didn't try people in the evening times. They did it during regular court hours. And they began trying Jesus, falsely accusing him. They opened it up for anybody and everybody who would just want to uh, accuse him of something, just hoping something would stick. And that's what happened. They they found something that they could accuse Jesus of, and that was that he claimed he was the Messiah, which, by the way, he was. (laughs) wasn't a false accusation. Here's what I've come to know: is that it doesn't hurt as much unless it's somebody close to you who says it, and that's when it hurts the most. They falsely accused Jesus. Um, Not only was he falsely accused, but he was abandoned. Every one of his disciples went into hiding. Like they, they, they all abandoned him, every one of them. Judas turned him in, and that's why he felt, number three, he felt rejection. Yes. Jesus felt rejected. The, the, the people close to him walked away from him. And, and some of you right now, you're qualifying your life based on what somebody else said about you. You're qualifying your life based on what somebody did to you. You're qualifying your life based on what... Somebody posted on social media, and I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, let's break up with social media. Come on, it's time to break up with social media. It's time, stop letting the world define you and let God define you. (laughs) Let God define you. Number four is abuse. He was abused. I'm talking physical abuse, mental abuse, spiritual, like every way, you sure it was spiritual abuse? His father turned his back on him. I, I wouldn't say that God was abusing him, but Jesus felt that, that in that moment. Yes. Why have you forsaken me? Yes. Oh, I know Pastor Ben, but he probably never experienced sexual abuse. And, and I would not want to demean sexual abuse at all today. But hear me out. It was customary. It was a tradition for criminals to be crucified naked. Yes. And so in that moment, hundreds, thousands of people are looking at the naked body of Jesus Christ on the cross. Humiliating is what it was. And that's exactly what they wanted. Humiliation. And some of you, you've been through that. You've felt humiliated. They loved that you you just were exposed and humiliated in front of everybody. But check this out. Jesus didn't go through these five things just to cover your sins. He didn't go through these five things just just to take care of of your sins and pave your way to heaven. He, He did it for so much more. In Hebrews, it says that that's why he had to enter every detail of life. He went through all of that. He went through every detail of human life. So that when he came to God as the high priest to get rid of people's sins, he would have already experienced it all. The betrayal, the hurt, the humiliation, the offense, the pain, the testing. And he didn't do it for just your sins, but so that he could help you where help is needed. And where is help needed? <laughs> for, I, I need help, God. I need help to forgive somebody who's hurt me. He did it for that reason. So, what do I need to do? What do I need to do, Pastor Ben? Uh, I I don't think I need to convince you anymore that that you need to forgive, but really, the last few moments of the message today, I want to spend talking about where does the strength to forgive come from? Where does it come from? Because he's going to give you some things to do that you can't do on your own, and it comes from God. In fact, I, I like to say it this way, that the closer I get to God, he gives me the capacity and abilities to do things that I never thought I could do before. To forgive somebody I never thought I could forgive before. To quit an addiction that I never thought I could do before. To, to leave the life that I never thought I could leave before. But you have to get close to God. Come on. You've got to get close to him and he'll give you the capacity. So in order to know what we should do, let's answer one more question. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And, and the scripture uh, makes it really clear that Jesus would practice what he preached. He would practice what he preached. While he was in his last moment on the earth, he was on the cross, he said it this way, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Come on, it is amazing to me that after all he's been through, that he could say, Father, forgive them. But even more than that, it's amazing that these are the very first words out of his mouth. He didn't wait until he was on his deathbed to forgive somebody. I mean, he literally was on his deathbed, but like he he had some forgiveness in that moment. But he, he didn't wait until it was too late. He didn't wait until the relationship was spoiled and it was gone. He said, Father, forgive them. I'm letting them go. And so Jesus, while he's on the earth, he taught some principles. Three steps to forgiveness that I want to give you today. Three steps to forgiveness. Number one, Jesus said, you got to pray for him. If you're going to forgive somebody who's hurt you, pray for him. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm going to pray for him. (laughs) God, right now, Lord, would would you send the flies of a thousand camels to their armpits right now, God. Just, <laughs> Lord, would you hellfire and brimstone over them today, God? T- take, take, them out, God. Take them out. Like you, you're probably thinking, yeah, I know what I would pray. I'd, I'd pray something. I'd pray something like, God, give them hemorrhoids right now in <laughs> Jesus' name. Your word says that whatever we ask on earth shall be shall be done in heaven. So I name it and I claim it today, God. Send them. Your word says that you'll break the teeth of the wicked. Lord, would you break their teeth today? Break their teeth, God. It's not not the prayer. In Matthew, Jesus says it this way. Hey, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That's the way it was in the Old Testament. Love those who do good to you, in other words, and hate those who don't do good to you. But he says, I'm telling you something else. I came to fulfill the law, and I'm telling you, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who let you down. Pray for those who hurt you. And and when you pray for them, your prayer will probably start out something like this. God, do something to them, Lord. Just do something to them. just don't care what you do. Don't just just, like, break their legs or something, God, but just... <laughs> And then you know you, you pray for them a little over time, and then it turns in God God do something for them not not too much, but just just a, a little just a little bit. I mean, don't lavish your love on them or anything, God. Just a little bit, and then and then it turns into Lord, I just I, I'm praying that you would bless them. I'm praying that you would touch them, and then it turns into even more than that. But here's the thing: your prayer may never change their life, but it will always change yours. Amen. Why? Because it's hard to hate somebody that you're praying for. It's hard to hate them when you're praying for them. Number two, Jesus says you've got to bless them. You've got to bless them. And for you note takers, the word bless just means to speak well of. To speak well of somebody. That I'm not going to speak negatively about this person in public or in private. I'm going to speak kindly of them. I'm going to lift them up. I'm not going to speak negatively. Luke says it this way, Jesus says, I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Love them. If you're listening to God, he's saying, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless, speak well of those who mistreat you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bless those who curse you. Speak well of them. Romans 12 says it this way. Paul says, bless those who persecute you. Speak well of them and speak well of those people. Don't curse them. Don't tear them down. Let the words that come out of your mouth be pleasing to the Lord Almighty. Build them up. Are you serious, Pastor Ben? I'm serious. I can't do that, Pastor Ben. This is, I can't do it. Not on your own power, but by him who gives you strength, you can. You can forgive. And the third one really just takes it a whole nother level. Jesus kind of gets insane here. He says, do good to them okay okay Jesus I can I can pray for him I can even I can choose not to speak badly about somebody and maybe every once in a while speak good about them I, 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 can, I can do that but do good to them Jesus I like to do, do good spend my money spend my effort spend my time doing something good to somebody else and Jesus says yeah if, if you're listening to Jesus, he says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Pray for the people who hurt you, mistreated you, lied about you, cheated you. Pray for them. And in Luke chapter 6, or I'm sorry, Romans 12, I, I, this is incredible. I saw this for the first time this week. What I'm about to show you, do, do, not pray, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Like that was the Old Testament. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? You, somebody punches you, you punch them back. Somebody flips you a bird, you give them two. Peel the banana, baby. Just one of That was the Old Testament. Look what Paul said. Let's go back to that. Go go back one more slide. Be careful to do what is right. What's right? Pray for them. Bless them. Do good to them. Be careful to do what is right. Why? Because everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. People in your circle of influence, they, they know what's going on. And they, they, they probably hear both sides of the story. And they hear what this person over here is saying. And it's crazy. I know. But they also hear what you're saying. And because everybody's watching, I think what will happen is, if you'll just pray for them and bless them and do good to them, over time, people will go, man, they're crazy. I think this guy's telling the truth. This guy hadn't said a word about them. All he ever says is kind things about them. What ha- They're over here talking bad about him. I don't understand that. Everybody's watching. And and what the problem is, is when you try to retaliate, when you try to take vengeance, and this is what the scripture says in the next verse, if, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Don't take revenge I know you want to. I know, it's, I know it's in your nature that you want revenge. You want to make him pay. But he says, leave room for God's wrath. Leave room for God to step in because God's vengeance is way better. Amen. You ever heard uh, like uh, revenge is sweet? No. It's not. Because when, when God finally has his vengeance, you're gonna, your heart's going to be softened you'll be thinking, man, I wish they didn't have to go through that. I wish they I wish they didn't have to experience that. Because you prayed for them. You blessed them. And you did good to them. And it keeps going. It says, for it is written, it's mine to avenge. I'll take care of it, Ben. If you'll let me, I'll take care of it. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Yeah, I'm going to feed him something, alright. I'm going to give him some dog food. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to feed him, alright. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put some I'm going to put something in that pie he's eating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to feed him. Give him something to drink. I'll put some cyanide in that. Well, No. If he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you heap burning coals on their head. Now, when I was growing up, it, it was taught to me that to heap burning coals on someone was, was like to really like... Like, make them angry almost. Like, you, you're, do, you're so good to them that it makes them just look like a fool. Did anybody else, did anybody else get taught that? Like, a couple of people in here, like, well, it was jacked up, right? Because it wasn't. It was a couple people, like, like, you're just kind of making the other person look like a fool because you're so good to them, and that's not what it means at all. We don't even understand this because we don't have a need for burning coals in our, in our culture today. But in the Bible days, they needed burning coals. Uh, In fact, you'll sometimes see through Scripture where it says, Don't let the fire go out. uh, Because everybody had a fire in their house. Without a fire, they couldn't cook. Without a fire, they couldn't boil their water. Without a fire, they couldn't keep their house warm. Are you following me? So when you feed them, when you give them something to drink, when you do an act of kindness, when you do something good to them, you're giving them something they don't have. You're saying, hey, I have something you don't have, and I want you to have it. You need fire. I got fire. And I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do good for you. You can eat, because I'm giving you some coals. You can hey, you can have a warm bed to sleep in tonight, because I'm not going to talk bad about you. I'm giving you some coals. And I love, this is a life verse somebody in here today hey don't don't overcome don't be overcome by evil you're going to want to retaliate you're going to want vengeance Paul says overcome evil with good overcome evil with good uh, about uh, last, last year I, I need to hurry uh, last year um, around September I preached a message on how to forgive it was not the same message different message um, had some similarities in them we weren't meeting back in person at the time but it was a timely message for me because we were actually going through some, some things that we needed to forgive towards some people you know in 2020 about 50% of the American church quit going to church for, for different reasons some of it was health some of it was habit some people left the church altogether some people walked away from the church Some some people left City Hope and and they didn't leave in the right way. They didn't leave in a healthy way. You know, I, I believe there's a right way to leave and there's a wrong way to leave a church. And they didn't they didn't do it the right way. They I have pages of text messages that are hateful and ugly and hurtful. It hurt. But it wasn't just towards me. They went to other people and they went to Facebook. Google, left crazy reviews, and they spewed things that weren't true, weren't, were not true, and it hurt. We, we made a commitment, I'm not, I'm not going to be overcome by evil, I want to take revenge, there's some things I'd like for people to know, but no, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to overcome evil with good so we prayed for them we spoke kindly of them every once in a while somebody would say well where, where's so and so man you know God's moved them on and he's doing great things in their life and if we had the ability we would do good to them how can you do that Ben how can you, how can you, how can you do that Matthew ten eight. freely you have received freely give hey listen to me Um, I have never had to forgive anyone else more than God has already forgiven me and you will never have to forgive anyone else more than God has had to forgive you So when something happens, when somebody says something about you, when they talk about you, when they lie about you, just remember, He's he's done so much for me, and He asked me to love others the way He's loved me. And so I'm going to do that. And So so here's, here's the point. The forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. It's what we do because we have God's power working in us. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it in our own strength. We do it because God lives inside of us, and he forgives us. Can I get a good amen? Come on, let's thank God for that today. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? And, and um, let me just ask you, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he speaking to your heart today? What's he whispering to you today at home in person wherever you are watching this later on in the week what's he saying to you what's the Holy Spirit whispering and and I know that a message like this can be it can be both encouraging and painful at the same time because I'm, I'm encouraging you to live a life that God's calling you to he's not restricting you he wants to bless you but it can be painful because maybe I brought up some things that you had suppressed some things that you've pushed down in your life and and I brought those up today And I'm just saying to you, it's time to forgive. It's time to let it go. And I think one of the most powerful things that I can do for you as a church is lead you to actively forgiving the people who've hurt you. To actively let them go. To say, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, Father. And so I I want you to pray with me right where you are. I'm just gonna pray and you pray in your own way. But receive this prayer, Father. Right now, I lift, I lift up this congregation of people today. Lord, we've all been hurt. We are a people who've been hurt, and people have lied. People have cheated us. People have have betrayed us. People have offended us. People have accused us, and they uh, they've abused us. God, we've we've walked through some hurts on this earth. People rejected us and humiliated us. God, we don't want to live in that hurt anymore. We don't want to live in in that pain anymore. And so today, we ask you, God, would you give us the power to let it go? Right now, we forgive every person who's hurt us, every person who who has lied about us, every person who's caused pain in our hearts. We let them go. And today, we choose to pray for them. We choose to bless them. We choose... To, to do good to them and father we're asking you to show us ways show us how we cannot retaliate how we won't take revenge but Lord we can live these principles out God we thank you for that Lord would you would you empower us to do it to do what we can't do in our own strength in our own power in Jesus name with your head still bowed if maybe you're here today and you're the one who needs to be forgiven You're the one who needs to, you need to get right with God. You think your relationships with people are great, but really they're not because you don't have a relationship with God. And the most important thing that you could do here today is leave with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Leave here today knowing that Jesus is the Lord of your life. He has forgiven you. He has cleansed you. He's given you a hope and a future. And that your past is in the past. It's washed in the blood of Jesus. The most important thing that you could do today is enter a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Leave the sin behind. And if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, slip up your hand. Let me see you today. Let me pray with you. God bless you. Who else? Anybody over here? Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Anybody else? Say, Ben, that's me. Anybody in the balcony or anybody in the back? Come on. Be bold and courageous. I need God's forgiveness today. Amen. God bless you. Hey, come on. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. All that I am. The good, the bad, the ugly. The sin, I lay it at your feet. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Will you give me a fresh start? A do-over. I choose to serve you. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise today. Let's thank God for his love and his word, for salvation. Amen.